its weight, and its few foibles. The ammo was 338 Lapua Magnum. It was full metal jacket, military stuff usually is, since it fulfills the Geneva Convention's requirements for the most humane type of bullet. Well, I'm no animal. I wasn't about to contravene the Geneva Convention. Max had actually been able to offer a choice of weapons. That's why I use him. He asks few questions and has excellent facilities. That he lives in the middle of nowhere is a bonus, since I can practice all day without disturbing anyone. Then there's his daughter, Belinda, who would be a bonus enough in herself. Max is very protective of her, and she of him. They remind me of Beauty and the Beast. Belle's got short, fair hair, eyes slightly slanted like a cat's, and a long, straight nose. Max, on the other hand, has been battling cancer for years. He's lost about a quarter of his face and keeps his right side, from below the eye to just above the lips, covered with a white plastic prosthesis. I think that's why he's always pleased to see me. It's not just that I have cash on me and something I want, but he doesn't see many people. Or rather, he doesn't let many people see him. He spends all day in his workshop, cleaning, filing and polishing his guns. He had a Remington 700, pre-fitted with a Redfield telescopic sight. The U.S. Marines used this military version of the Varmint as sniper rifles. I'd used one before, and had nothing against it. More interesting, though, was a Sterling sniper rifle. Most people I'd met thought only cars were made in Dagenham, but that's where the Sterling was crafted. You could fit it with any mounting plate you wanted, to accommodate any telescope or night sight. I admit, it was tempting. There were others, too. Max didn't have them, but he knew where he could get them. I decided I wanted British. Call me sentimental. And finally, Max handed over the gun we'd both known I'd opt for. A Model PM. The British Army know it as Sniper Rifle L96A1. A mouthful, you'll agree, which is why Max and I stick to calling it the PM. The PM is olive green in colour. Fine if you are hiding in trees but not so inconspicuous when surrounded by the grey concrete of a city street. So in Max's workshop, I'd wound some grey adhesive tape around it. As a result, the PM now looked like the ballistic equivalent of the Invisible Man, all bandaged except for the bits I needed left open to access. Although the PM accepts a ten-round box, I knew I'd have two bullets at most, preferably only one. With bolt-action rifles, you sometimes didn't have time for a second shot. While you were working the bolt, your quarry was scuttling to safety. I picked the gun up at last, and stood in my bedroom staring into the full-length mirror on the wardrobe door. I'd already fitted the telescopic sight, all the time telling myself I was maybe, for once, going to too much trouble. I was ready to pick off a flea from a cat's whisker at six hundred yards, when all I had to do was hit a human target out in the open at something like a tenth of that. What was I doing buying all this lavish craft and expertise when something bashed together in China would achieve the same objective? Max had an answer. You like quality. You like style. True, Max, true. If my targets were suddenly to depart this world, I wanted them to have the best send-off I could give them. I checked my watch, then double-checked with the clock radio. She had just over two hours to live. Everything was waiting for Eleanor Ricks. 
She'd woken that morning after a drugged sleep, knowing yet another day was waiting out there, ready to bite her. Breakfast and her husband Freddy were waiting in the kitchen. Freddy Ricks was an actor of consequence, albeit in TV sitcoms in the early eighties, but now squeezing a living from character parts, and not too many of them. Today, he was starring in a commercial for breakfast cereal. It would be head and shoulders only, and he'd be wearing a yellow oilskin sewester and a puzzled expression. He sat at the table munching cornflakes and reading his preferred tabloid. Eleanor poured herself a mug of black coffee. It was all she could manage for breakfast. Is Archie up? Who knows, growled Freddy. Archie was their son, seventeen years old and the computer player in a pop group. He's like bloody Dracula, complained Freddy, never seen in daylight hours. Eleanor went through to her study. Eleanor Ricks was a freelance investigator.